Check, check, mic check. Check, check, mic check. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast Envy, episode 39. I'm Andrea Klender, your podcast boss, and today I have an incredible wisdom-packed episode for you. And no, that wisdom is not coming from me. That wisdom is coming from four dynamic, super smart, very successful, in Incredible women leaders who have created podcasts in the niche of parenting and podcasts for moms. Now, wait, if you are not a mom or you are not podcasting about parenting or being a mom, that does not mean you should not listen to this episode. You should totally listen because I am not either of those two things. And I learned so much from what these women have to share about marketing, about niching, about purpose, about positioning with their shows, and about something that they pretty much have to be masters of, which is time management. This episode was inspired by my interview with Julie Neal of Mother's Quest podcast a couple of episodes about, and I will link back to that episode in the show notes for this one along with all of the ways that you can connect with these four women who you are going to meet in just a few minutes. Links to all of the things will be in the show notes for this episode at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash podenvy039. And I know that's a super long URL. I hope it's memorable. But whether it is or it isn't, you can link to those show notes directly from the description for this episode in whichever app you are using. And hey, while you're there checking out the show notes, could you do me a huge favor? As you're listening to this episode, could you think of someone who really needs to hear it, like someone else who could use this advice, or maybe another mom that you know who's thinking about creating her own show, or anyone that you know that's thinking about creating their own show that could use a little guidance and encouragement. And then depending on the app that you're using, there should be a very simple way that you can share this episode. Often it involves three little dots stacked vertically, <laughs> and then you click that in. It gives you options for how to share the episode. That would be fantastic. Also, I wanted to let you know about a little something that I am doing, which is called Podcast Gratitude. And technically, by the time you're listening to this, the deadline has already passed. But, but, but if you would like to get your voice on an episode of Podcast Envy, sharing your gratitude for either listening to podcasts, a particular podcast, or making podcasts and how it has helped you, supported you, changed your life, created an opportunity for you, made a connection for you. I want to know about it. So I still have some space. If you can get it to me, A-S-A-P. A-S-A-P. I just need a short little clip of audio. You might even be able to record it on the voice memo on your phone, as long as you're in a quiet-ish space. Three minutes-ish telling me your story of some way that podcasts or podcasting has helped you or changed your life. Drop me an email at andrea at thecreativeimposter.com, and I'll give you the details of how to share that audio file with me. 
Also, no matter when you are listening to this, you can participate on Instagram by posting a visual representation that sounds way more complicated than it is. It's a screenshot of a podcast that you're grateful for with a description as to why. Go ahead and hashtag podcast gratitude, tag me at Andrea Clunder and tag that podcaster or that show so they know that you're grateful for them. Sometimes we're over here podcasting and like we don't know who's listening. We don't know if anyone cares what we have to say. And when someone posts gratitude, it feels so good. It could also be a photo of you listening to podcasts, and then you could share your story in the text or a short video, one minute or less on Instagram, people, about why you are grateful for podcasts or podcasting. All right, let's get on with it. I cannot wait to introduce to you Erica Blocker from Moms with Dreams, Jen McClellan from Plus Mommy, Debbie Reber from Tilt Parenting, and finally, Casey O'Rourke of Joyful Courage Parenting podcast. Let's find out a little bit more about how these women came to be podcasters. Hi, Andrea. I'm so grateful. Thank you for this opportunity to share with your listeners. My name is Erica Blocker, and I am a speaker, author, and life coach for Moms with Dreams. That's also the name of my podcast. I'm a mother of four, I started my podcast back in 2015 when it was a year after I launched my book, Motherhood Dreams and Success, You Can Have It All. The book was such a great success and it became a bestseller on Amazon within five hours of us launching. And I was getting so much positive feedback that I thought, you know what, this is a bigger message and I need to continue to be able to inspire women to give them real life examples of other women who are following their dreams so that they could also know that it's possible for them. I wanted to really be an inspiration and a source of empowerment and encouragement for mothers who felt like there's something more for them in life. They just weren't sure how to find it, how to go after it, and to not feel bad about wanting something for themselves. Hello, Podcast MV listeners. My name is Jen McClellan from the Plus Mommy podcast. My show is about supporting plus-size women from bumps to bellies. We talk about it all. My background is that I've been a blogger for seven years. In 2010, I got pregnant with my son, and I went online, and I read that I would develop gestational diabetes, and I would have a cesarean birth, and that I was a horrible person for wanting to become a mother as a plus-size woman. None of those things came true. I had a completely healthy pregnancy and even gave birth on my knees. I wanted to tell my story. I wanted other plus-size people to know that they could have a healthy outcome and to not believe all the negativity that is surrounded not only plus-size pregnancy but just existing in a larger body. So that's the story behind my work is all those years ago, I started a blog having no idea what it was to blog. And all these years later... Uh, in May of this year, May of 2018, I started a podcast, still not knowing a lot about podcasting, but at least more than I did before I started blogging. But I have really enjoyed diving into this podcasting world and have so far been pretty successful. I just exceeded 15,000 downloads. So that's pretty exciting. My name is Debbie Reber. I'm the founder of Tilt Parenting and the host of the Tilt Parenting podcast. And I'm also an author. My newest book is called Differently Wired, Raising an Exceptional Child in a Conventional World. And 
I created my podcast in the spring of 2016 because I wanted to create a show that would provide resources and information and inspiration to parents like me. So parents who are raising what I call differently wired kids, which is basically kids who are neurologically atypical. My name is Casey O'Rourke, and I am the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. I started podcasting three years ago. I have been a positive discipline parent educator since 2007, started writing a blog, gosh, in like 2012, and found myself in communities of parent educators that were so inspiring to me, and I love to talk. So I started feeling my way into the possibility of creating a podcast and using the connections that I had to really highlight the real story of parenting. I think there are many resources out there, books, articles, blog posts, and even podcasts that really kind of settle into this illusion that, well, if you just do this, everything will turn out great. And parenting is a lot messier than that. And my hope with the podcast was to highlight the messy, right? To just have a real authentic space where listeners could connect with the people that were speaking into parenting in a way that allowed them to feel validated and seen and heard. I find it really interesting that One thing that these women have in common is that several of them were already blogging, writing, or coaching and teaching prior to starting their podcast, and the podcast became an extension out of that. I also think Casey sums it up really well and sort of speaks for everyone when she says that her podcast exists to help support her listeners in feeling validated, seen, and heard. One thing you'll notice that is different between them is the particular area or focus that they selected for their podcast. Erica has Moms with Dreams, and it's really focused on the experience of being a mom and not losing yourself in the identity of mom, but still being your own person and still following those dreams despite all of the roles and responsibilities that you have as a mom. Jen focused really on support for plus-size mommies from pregnancy through being a mom and all of the challenges that are unique to that niche. Dabby's show, Tilt, is all about raising differently wired neuroatypical kiddos. And Casey's show has a very specific focus on a particular style of parenting or approach to parenting. And so I know that in typical marketing advice, we often hear the riches are in the niches or the riches are in the niches. (laughs) Anyway, I was curious as to whether these women consciously chose their niche and how they think it has or hasn't helped their show. Let's hear from Debbie about Tilt Parenting first. I chose the niche of parents with differently wired kids specifically because it's really hard to get information and access to the kinds of thought leaders and parenting gurus and authors that I knew would be so helpful for parents kind of in this lonely journey, trying to figure out a path for raising their kids that aren't really quite fitting in. I always talk about our kids as being square pegs that are we're trying to push into round holes, but that doesn't work very well. So there were a lot of podcasts out there that were specifically designed for certain differences, like 
for moms with kids who have autism or for parents with kids who have ADHD. But I wanted to take a big step back and consider neurodiversity in children as a whole. So I cover everything from dyslexia and dysgraphia to giftedness to twice exceptionality to autism to ADHD and everything in between. When I first started the podcast, I didn't necessarily realize that there were very many other mama podcasts. So as far as niche goes, you know, the philosophy that I hold space for in the parenting world is positive discipline. I'm a positive discipline trainer. So I wanted to have conversations that came back to that style of parenting, but also explored the messiness of the human experience. And, you know, it's developed over time. As I've podcasted, my children have moved into the teen years. So I'm even feeling what I'm really interested in right now and talking about is parenting teenagers because that's what I'm doing, right? That's what I'm doing. I chose the particular niche because that's what I know the most about. I've been a mother since I was 17. I got married at 22 and I've been a mom for the majority of my life. So I'm passionate about helping women rediscover who they are because during my marriage, I also lost my identity. I was so engulfed in trying to be a perfect mother and a perfect wife that I lost all sense of who I was as an individual, as a woman, as Erica. So once I went through a really bad divorce, you know, after years of being in a dysfunctional marriage, I had to rediscover who I was. And I realized that because I had lost so much of myself and so many years being so dedicated to everyone else, I didn't know who I was anymore. So I I knew that I had to start my life over because it was a new chapter for me. And I figured that if that was something that I was dealing with, then I'm sure that there were other women who were also dealing with it and not necessarily who went through a divorce, but just in general were losing the sense of themselves, weren't taking good care of themselves, you know, not making self-care a priority and just sweeping their dreams under the rug, pushing them on the back burner, thinking, oh, I'll get to that when the kids get older and never really getting to it. And so I wanted to show women how, you know, how I did it, how I went back to school, earned my master's degree while going through a divorce, started a business, became a best-selling author, started speaking. I did all of that after I became a single mom, a single divorced mom. And it wasn't easy, it was difficult, but I definitely felt like other moms needed the encouragement. I definitely feel like niching has helped me and my show because it's helped me to really hone in on my message and my listeners. When I speak on my show and when I have a guest or anything that I do about my podcast, they already know it's about moms with dreams. I chose the niche of plus size moms within mommy podcasting, obviously, because that's my story and that's my background. And I think I go into podcasting with a unique background because I already have a big following as someone who has blogged professionally for a long time. I mean, my Facebook following plus mommy is 177,000 and Instagram plus mommy is 15,000. So I already had this big community. So now I just get to teach them what, what a podcast is and that it's free and that they should listen. And that has been a unique experience for, I think, a lot of people who go into podcasting, not having an established audience already. So one thing I think you're hearing a lot is that the niches these women chose came from their own personal story and experience, filling a need that they were not getting filled 
in other ways. Debbie's need was all about access. Casey's was all about how she didn't even really start with a niche, but now it's developed and changed over time into focusing on teenagers. Erica sharing about how her story has informed her passion and her focus, and Jen talking about having more than one avenue to support her community. Jen also mentioned how she already had a huge following when she started her show, which you may or may not have if you are considering starting your own show. But regardless, whether or not you do, how do you grow a community? How do you grow a following so that you can provide this additional content and resource and support for your listeners? Let's find out. So right now I'm really educating my community about what the heck a podcast is and that it's free and that they should listen. Also, you know, connections that I have, asking people with really big social followings to be guests on my show. That has been another way that I've been growing. I've been playing around with some Facebook ads and Instagram ads. I will share that a lot of people will recommend starting a Facebook group and I'll be your cautionary tale. I actually shut down my Facebook group of almost 14,000 a few months before I launched my podcast, especially if you're in the mommy world, mommy drama, Facebook groups all go together. Um, It's hard to avoid. I had 10 admin guidelines, a video explaining all the rules, and it was drama 24 Seven. It, it was a nightmare. I'd be on dates with my husband and my phone would be pinging and binging and just caution you. I loved my group when it was around 200. I think small Facebook groups can be wonderful. 2000 was okay. Anything beyond that became just a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare is the word I'm using. So that's my cautionary tale. Could my show be growing much faster if I still had that group? Yeah, probably. But the only way I had time to launch the podcast was to shut down the group that was taking hours of my day and I was getting little to no return for it. So don't necessarily feel that you need to follow what everyone is saying. Find what works well for you and roll with that. So I've been growing community and listenership around my show by being connected with other podcasters, telling people about it wherever I go. When I speak, I tell everyone that I have a podcast. I have business cards specifically for my podcast that I pass out when I'm meeting new people at networking events. I always talk about my podcast, even when I'm out and like doing my errands running around. I've met women in the grocery store or in the malls and I see them with their children and I just spark up a conversation and tell them, you know, hey, do you listen to podcasts? Oh, great. Because I have a podcast special for moms. It's called Moms with Dreams. And everyone's always like, wow, that's so cool. So my podcast has become a part of me and I just share it as much as I can wherever I go. I also use social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And anyone who becomes a part of my email list also gets the weekly episodes emailed to them for the podcast. My podcast has really grown very much word of mouth. I definitely think that having that niche has helped me with the show because I do provide such a wide range of experts on my show and I cover so many things. And a lot of parents with these differently wired kids, their kids don't really neatly fit into any one box. And so covering the topics I do and then also in the personal way that I do, I think has definitely filled a need. And I get a lot of spontaneous sharing, which is really great. You know, I definitely use Facebook as a way to spread 
the the show. I share episodes on Twitter, of course, with audiograms. I share on LinkedIn. I do ads on Facebook sometimes, and I try to stay active on the Facebook group. I've also recently just launched something called Tilt Together Groups. So if people want to form in-person communities, I'm providing them with a starter kit so that they can know how to begin those. And I'm also helping to promote those groups when they're getting started so members can find each other. But that is really exciting for me to see that these are going to be not just virtual support groups, but in-person, in-community support groups. Well, I have a Facebook group that is a closed group that people can join. And that's where I do a lot of promoting of the show. I also have an Instagram page that's growing and a Facebook business page. I mean, I think a couple of years ago, I tried like a subscriber drive where I encouraged people, I incentivized people to share the show, but it, it was hard for me to manage. I couldn't really figure out the best way to run something like that. So really, I think the way that I grow community is I'd show up. You know, I think that the space that I hold for authenticity and vulnerability and invitation to step in is something that attracts people to me. And I just try to keep it really real as well as positive and forwarding and it's attractive. So, you know, am I on kind of a plateau of listeners right now? Yeah. I have little growth spurts every few months and I'm always looking for ways to play with that. And the reason really is because I I know that I have a valuable product. I know that my podcast is valuable, not because of numbers, but because of the emails and the messages that I get nearly every day from people who say, your podcast has changed my life. Your podcast has supported me in parenting. I'm so grateful I found you. I feel seen. You know, it's really that feedback that lets me know that I am making an impact with this offer that I've put out in the world. Okay, I can barely manage my life, business, and podcasts with no kids. So listening to everything these women are doing to grow their communities and their shows, I was curious, how do they manage their time and what other challenges besides time management they have faced with their shows? This question is um, a reminder of all the things I do wrong. (laughs) I'm not very good with time management. I pour everything into my work. And the end result is I don't pour enough into my own self-care. So let this be a lesson to those listening because I've been at this for so long, you know, building my own online business is you have to prioritize yourself and your family. And that's so important. My health has really suffered. I've gained a lot of weight because I haven't at all made time for myself. So I would tell you to make time for yourself. And it's something that I'm really rehoning in on and focusing in on is having those family dinners, going to my rec center and not just making a donation monthly, like doing all the things we need to do to take good care of ourselves while also building something amazing and putting it out into the world and helping people along the way. But don't lose sight of yourself as well. That's so, so important. Okay. So the production of my podcast was very daunting in the beginning. When I launched my show back in May of 2015, I was a one woman show. I did everything on my own. I was scheduling the interviews. I was recording the interviews. 
editing the interviews, producing them, marketing them, doing everything, everything. I had no idea that it would be so time consuming and that there would be such a big learning curve for me because I'm not a technology person at all. And I had to learn a lot really quickly and I had to manage a lot. Now, luckily, I have a producer. John Buchanan is my editor, Audio Editing Solutions. He's amazing. So now I just have to record my interviews and then I send them over to my editor and producer and he does his magic and then brings them back to me all ready to go. So I have an hour. I block out two hours. It usually only takes me about 45 minutes, sometimes over an hour, depending on the topic and you know all that I have to do. But usually I can knock it out in about an hour. And I do that every Tuesday. My show comes out Wednesday. And that's just how it works for me. As far as recording episodes, I record on Thursday evenings and Saturday mornings. I have a scheduler that I use, Acuity Scheduling, and I send my guests a link and they get to choose their interview time. And then my schedule is set from there. And sometimes I'll block off days if I know I have something coming up. So beyond time management, the biggest challenge with my show was technology. In the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was just like, I'm going to figure this out. So I used a lot of YouTube. I was in a lot of groups, podcasting communities. And I really asked a lot of questions and just kind of listened and learned and found my way through it. And, you know, just being able to find my voice was difficult too. I was very uncomfortable at first, not the sound of my voice, but just speaking my truth and not being afraid to say what's on my mind. For the first year, I just did uh, interviews where I didn't have to really talk that much. But then last year, I started doing more solo episodes because I wanted more of my voice to come through in the podcast. And then also, of course, listenership always trying to grow that. That's always a challenge, but I don't really look at that as a challenge anymore. I used to be bogged down by downloads and wondering, oh, how do I get more people to listen? But I really don't care anymore. I know that if I reach, you know, one woman and it changes her life, then I did my job. So for me, it's not about numbers. It's about impact. The biggest challenges with my show, I think, are just kind of the relentless schedule of having a weekly podcast. So You know, I have a long list of guests. Sometimes it takes a while to get people onboarded. You know, sometimes I can woo a certain guest for months until they say yes. You know, there's a lot of follow-up. I've really tried to create systems as best I could to make the process simpler. As a parent, and I'm also a homeschool parent, so I am homeschooling my differently wired 14-year-old child. Uh, It's tricky. It's a tricky balance running Tilt and, you know, writing the book, which came out in June. I was on a book tour, and there's a lot of work to do still in promoting that and then producing my show. It's been a tricky balance, but I have an editor now that I use, and that has helped immensely just to be able to outsource the editing and also the transcriptions. So I managed to squeeze it all in, but I'm really, really good at time management. I have reached out for help. Well, actually help has found me. I have a amazing producer. Chris Mann is his name from Pod Shaper. He puts together my shows. If it's an interview, he does, you know, some nitty gritty editing and pieces out the music and where to put the promo reels. If it's a solo show, because I do solo shows as well, he just kind of places the files together and makes sure the sound is all even. And I pay him for that. So I outsource that. I also have an amazing woman named Allison Tedford, and she writes my show notes. I outsource that way. Also, 
you know, the podcast is really, it's just so a part of every week for me. I have specific days that I am open to recording interviews. So I've contained that at the beginning. It was like, when does it work for you? And it was this really open and spacious offer for people that I interviewed. And now I've decided, you know what, I get to decide, I get to declare my time frame and then offer it up to my guests. And Mondays are my podcast days. Mondays are the days that I put together my promos. If I'm doing an audiogram, if I'm writing a newsletter that week, I do newsletters every other week. Uh, Mondays are the days. Mondays are podcast days. It's podcast angel time. And have you noticed that these women are not making their podcasts alone? They have support. They have a team. They have editors. And... That's what I do. Did you know that? The Creative Imposter Studios is not only responsible for creating Podcast Envy and coming back in 2019, The Creative Imposter. We also support other podcasters in taking a little bit of stuff off your plate so that you can do what you do best and not have to worry about all of the editing stuff, which is super important to making your show sound slick and clean and professional and making sure that your message really gets across and there are no distractions for your listeners to your show, like bad audio or lots of rambling or those annoyingly loud audible breaths and weird liquidy mouth sounds that sometimes you might hear on other shows. The Creative Imposter Studios provides podcast editing solutions for individuals, nonprofit organizations, and companies who want to make a positive social impact on their communities and their listeners. If you think that sounds like a dream come true, we would love to be your podcast angel. In the show notes for this episode, number 39, click the link that says, help me with my podcast, and we'll schedule a complimentary 20-minute call to see how we might be able to support you with your awesome show. You can find those show notes in the description for this episode in whatever app you're listening on and at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash podenvy039. And if you haven't launched your show yet and just need some support getting it out there, there's like so many questions and little things that you have to think about that you didn't know you had to think about and it's taking so much longer than you wanted it to take. Consider the Podcast Envy launch pod starting in January 2019. I would love to help you launch your show with a group of friends. That's the Podcast Envy launch pod. And you can learn more linked in the show notes for this episode and at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash launch pod envy. Okay, so you're going to invest time and or money resources in either case to get help with your show and get it out there and make sure it's as good as it can be. So how do you make that money back? Can your show be profitable? Does it make sense for your business to have a podcast? Let's find out. So my podcast, you know, it's like an umbrella. I had a business before I had my podcast. So there's a symbiotic relationship there. My business supports my podcast. My podcast supports my business. What I love about podcasting is it really allows my clients, my future clients to feel as though they know me. So when my 
you know, people reach out and want to do explore calls for coaching, for example, there's already a sense of familiarity on their side with me because they've been listening to the show. They feel like they know me. That's literally the feedback that I get when I meet people either in person or on the phone is, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you. It is definitely a support for my business and it's a big piece of my offer to the world. And it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing that I get to do. I consider my podcast to be a support for my business because it has allowed me to find clients, women who I probably would have never met in real life. Since it's a worldwide broadcast, I've been able to meet women in all other parts of the world. And I've coached women who don't live by me as a result of them finding my podcast. I consider my podcast to be, I guess I consider it to be a business, although it's not really making money. I do it as a service, but it's part of a bigger organization that I founded called Tilt Parenting, which is something that I hope to continue to grow, eventually building out curriculum for educators and more offerings for parents. So it's one piece of that. You know, my goal is to have it be part of a more self-sustainable business. I absolutely went into podcasting for it to be a business. All those years ago when I started blogging, I I didn't. I was just telling my story. And I think that that's why it was so successful and grew so quickly because my um, main goal was not to make money. But then quickly I realized what I was developing and then it had you know, potential. And now this is what I do for a living. So since I've learned, learned a lot of things the hard way and learned what to do, I definitely am going into podcasting knowing that I want this to be something that makes money in it. And it already does. I already have ads on the show. And that's because I have relationships with sponsors from being a blogger for so long. But I, you know, it doesn't have to be. I don't think there's anything wrong with people who want to have a show as a hobby. I think that's fabulous. But I will say if you want to make money, then treat your podcast as a business from the very start, even when it's not making a single penny and it's actually costing you money, of course, to do. Treat it like a business and be mindful of your time that you're investing into it and your money as well. We have already learned so much from Jen, Debbie, Erica, and Casey, but I happen to know that each of them has some very important words of wisdom and best practices and, well, even some encouragement, of course, because they're moms, after all, for you. But first... Let's find out how best to connect with each of them so that you can learn more and become a part of their communities. Erica Blocker from Moms with Dreams podcast is at ericablocker.com. She offers one-on-one coaching, workshops, and a free private Facebook community. My favorite ways to connect online are Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is my favorite because that was the first platform that I started on a few years ago. I'm still very new to social media and Facebook was the first platform that I joined. I made a lot of great connections, so many amazing people. And of course, my family and friends are there too. So I feel like Facebook is my favorite platform. I get to share my thoughts. I get to go deep if I want to. I get to talk. I get to see other people, what they're doing. And then secondly, I like Instagram because you get to tell stories through pictures and now you can use video. And I want to get into a little bit more with Twitter. I do have a Twitter account. I have you know, some activity there, but I don't use it as much. My two favorites are Facebook and uh, Instagram. 
So Erica's on Facebook and Instagram and links, of course, will be in the show notes for this episode at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash pod envy 39. Here's Jen McClellan from Plus Mommy, blogger, podcaster, social media maven extraordinaire. My favorite ways to connect online, even though I still have a big Facebook page, is via Instagram. I love Instagram and a lot of moms hang out there. And there's not nearly as much drama. At least I don't I don't see it. So that has been where I really spent a lot of time on Instagram stories too, being transparent with my community, being me, <laughs> no makeup, mom bun days, picking up my kid from school and waiting in the school line and saying, hey guys, for today, this week's podcast, do you want A or B? You know, just engaging has been wonderful. Along with my website, plusmommy.com, I really spent a lot of time building out a beautiful website with a lot of resources for my community and where my show notes are housed. And I treat my show notes like blog posts. And I write a lot of keywords and use search engine optimization so they rank in Google. But you can find me anywhere via Plus Mommy and plusmommy.com. Debbie Reber from Tilt Parenting has an amazing website full of content and resources for raising differently wired kids. My favorite ways to connect online are via social media. I spend way too much time on Facebook. That's probably my favorite place to hang out. I'm okay with Twitter and Instagram I love, although that's a kind of a different medium. I really do love the way you can create genuine relationships through Facebook. I've met so many amazing people and then had the chance to meet them in real life during my book tour. So for me, that's a really good medium. Debbie is on Facebook and on Instagram. Links, of course, in the show notes. And finally, here's Casey O'Rourke of Joyful Courage. So I have a few different ways of connecting online. I have a Facebook and an Instagram business page. Joyful Courage on Facebook at Joyful underscore Courage on Instagram. I have a private group that is really for the community to support each other called Live and Love with Joyful Courage. You are welcome to ask to join if you're listening and you want to be a part of it. I recently started a new group, Joyful Courage Parents of Teens, because it became apparent that we needed our own space. For any of you out there that have raised teenagers or are raising teenagers, it's really challenging to speak into what's going on and then hear support or, quote, advice from people who don't have teenagers. And I'm guilty of this, too, prior to having teens. But if you don't have teenagers, you just don't know what it's like to parent teenagers. And so I really want to hear from people who are in it with me. So I've created that group. I'm open to emails. My email is Casey at joyfulcourage.com and my website is joyfulcourage.com. So those are all the places where you can find and connect with me. I love Casey and I have even thought about joining her Facebook community for parents of teens. My partner is a parent of two teenage girls and well, we could use all the help we could get. All right. Once again, 
All of these resources are available to you in the show notes for this episode at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash pod envy 039. You will also find links to podcasting resources from me, including my January 2019 launch pod for those of you who want support starting your podcast, the VIP circle for those who are already podcasting and want to capitalize on everything I've been storing away in my brain for the last four years of podcasting. You can also learn more about the Creative Imposter Studios podcast editing and production services if you'd like to lift some of the time burden out of creating your show and give it a more professional polish. Okay, the moment you've been waiting for. Best advice for new podcasters and some of that good old-fashioned nurturing mama encouragement. My best advice for a mom who is considering starting her own podcast would be to go for it. <laughs> you know, it can be really daunting and I know that people have ideas for podcasts and they might think it's too big of a thing to take on, but there's so many resources out there and tutorials to kind of show you how to, to do it step by step. And if you just kind of know that you can, you can figure it out as you go along, don't waste time thinking you have to have everything perfectly planned. It's such a great medium that you can put things out there and you can let the show evolve. So don't let uncertainty or kind of fear of not having the perfect plan hold you back from making the show happen. If you are listening and you are considering starting a podcast, go for it. Stop worrying about what is the best mic to buy and maybe you can't design your own website at this time or you're still trying to learn learn about Squarespace or WordPress. Just do it. I think we get hung up on needing all the things when what you really need is your voice. One thing that I will tell you is to plan ahead. You know, really schedule out the next, what do you want the first 15 episodes to look like? What will be the topics? Who will be your guests? I use Google Docs all the time and have this big spreadsheet of all these weeks ahead. And it's really great because I can look at the dates and, oh, this is around Thanksgiving. So I can do something around being thankful, you know, really plan ahead and record ahead if you're having guests. And record ahead if you're not having guests. But work ahead. And you do this because if you don't, it's so easy to get caught up in life, especially for moms, right? Your kid gets sick and then the whole family gets sick and then you don't have a voice to be able to record. But if you already have five episodes pre-recorded, then you're set. So that's my advice to you is to don't get hung up on needing all the things because I'm going to tell you, the first 10 or so episodes of mine do not sound like they do now. And now I'm still working out audio things 26 episodes in. So you'll learn along the way. But the more that you can prepare and plan ahead, the better you'll be and the less likely you will be to walk away from your show because so many people start a show and then they, they never keep going forward. So keep pushing forward by planning ahead. My last words of wisdom is, is what is your story? What is that thing that all your friends come to you and ask you about? What is that thing that you're always talking about? And that's what your show should be about. What are you passionate about? That will not only keep you going, it will make for an incredible show that people will keep tuning into. I wish you all the best. So I think my best advice is why. You know, really being clear on your why and your purpose? What is it that you want to bring to the space? What is it that you want people to experience in listening to your show? And are you willing for it to be 
somewhat of a labor of love. I think there's a misconception that if you have a podcast and, and you know, you're posting about your show that somehow you're making money. Uh, and it, it's a pretty indirect avenue for cash flow. Just keeping that in mind. But I think really coming back to purpose, like what is what is the purpose? What's the impact you want to make? What do you want your listeners to experience? And then from there, I would say join the She Podcast community on Facebook. I love that place. It's a space for women in podcasting. And there's a wealth of information and support there. And be ready to live through the learning curve. You know, now that I know how to put together my show, it's no big deal. But the learning curve was scary at the beginning, and I felt very much non-tech savvy, but pretty quickly realized that, oh, this is doable. There are video tutorials. There are people that can support me in this. Don't be afraid to hire help because once you get it, you've got it. I love podcasting, and I always used to joke around about wanting to have my own radio show, and then... When I think back to that, I laugh and think, oh my gosh, I have that. (laughs) So really impact shows up in so many different ways. And if my purpose of podcasting is to make a difference in the lives of parents, uh, mission accomplished, I'm doing that. I know that I'm doing that. Yeah. So I just encourage you to dive in. Thank you for letting me share. I appreciate you. My best advice for a mom who's considering starting her own podcast is to plan and prepare in advance. Be aware of the time that it's required for you to launch your podcast and include everything. Like, So map it out so you'll know exactly how much time you have to carve out of your schedule each week and where you'll find those pockets of time. I underestimated how much time it took me to create an episode that from start to finish. So I would say definitely be cognizant of how much time it's going to take you. I would make sure that your family is on board because you need the family to either not be home when you're recording or be completely quiet, depending on how big your home is. If you have you know, an area that you can go and close the door, it doesn't matter if there's outside noise, then that's fine. But just make sure that your family is aware of what you're doing and that they are going to support you and cooperate and be helpful as you begin your podcasting journey. I had to train my kids in our old home I was recording in our den, which didn't have a closed door. So it was like connected to the kitchen. And when people walked in the kitchen, you would hear stuff um, like, you know, if they turn the microwave on, you'd hear it beeping in the background. And then it was like, oh, I'm recording, guys. No, don't come in the kitchen. So, you know, make sure that they're aware of what's going on. They understand and they're good with that. Also, make sure you get a good microphone. I'm currently using the ATR 2100, which is a really good mic. It's not expensive. It's like about 60 bucks on Amazon. And, you know, just make sure that you have a space carved out where you can do your podcasting because you will need, like I said, quiet space. You'll need somewhere where you won't be interrupted and a good internet connection. Definitely want to have a good internet connection. Choose a platform that you're going to use to record your interviews on if you're doing an interview show. If you're not doing an interview show, still decide on what platform, what software you're going to use to record your episodes and think about editing if it's something you're going to do on your own or if you're going to outsource it. You know, I did it for two years. So, hey, it can definitely be done. But if you can outsource it, I wholeheartedly encourage you to do that because it'll allow you to 
do what you love, which is podcasting and not have to worry about the tech stuff. And lastly, I just want to encourage you to start. If you're on the fence and thinking about creating a podcast, that means that there's a message in your belly. There's something that you have to say. And believe me, the world needs to hear you. They need to hear your message. They need to hear your voice. You matter. And so does your message. And I encourage you to do it no matter what. Like, don't talk yourself out of it. Don't make excuses. You do have the time. You can create the time. You can work around your family and responsibilities. I work a full-time job. I have my business. I have actually two businesses. I have three teenagers at home. And I'm able to do it successfully. So I know that it can be done. And it's not impossible. It will require work, but it's totally doable. And again, just don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Know that the world needs to hear your voice and that there's someone waiting for you to show up with your message, with your story, and to share your journey so that you can help them in their journey. Thank you again, Andrea, for this opportunity. I'm super grateful and happy that you connected with me and that you thought of me to be a part of your project. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was seriously pretty much a full podcast launch tutorial from Erica. Now, if you have that fire in your belly to start a show, but you feel overwhelmed, I'm your woman and the Creative Imposter Studios is here to help get links to all of the support you could ever want including connections with Erica, Casey, Debbie, and Jen at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash pod envy 039. I'd love to know, what have you learned? What are your biggest takeaways from this episode? I've got a bunch and you will get them as a special bonus along with my biggest takeaways from the other episodes that I have recently posted, podcasting for TV fans, podcasting for nonprofits, podcasting for yoga teachers, That is your holiday bonus that is coming your way when you join the Podcast Envy email list. I know, sounds so boring, but it's really going to be cool. I promise. The link will be in the show notes that I keep mentioning. My humblest gratitude for these women for sharing their time, wisdom, and voices, and to you, because talking into a microphone, even if it is a really great microphone, is super boring if no one is listening. So that about does it for this episode of Podcast Envy. If you are grateful for podcasts that you listen to or for your own show, I invite you to be a part of the hashtag podcast gratitude experiment with me. The details will be in the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to help support you with your show in 2019. Podcast Envy is produced by your podcast boss, Andrea Klunder. That's me. The Podcast Envy theme music is by Valentin Sosnitsky, courtesy of the Free Sound Project at freesound.org, and our podcast angel music is by Benjamin Masterpolito, also on freesound.org as Lemon Cream. All music is licensed under the Creative Commons. Our episodes are mixed by Edwin Ruiz, and hey, if you want your show to sound as good as ours, hire us. Put the magic audio mojo of the Creative Imposter Studios to work for you. Thanks so much for listening, and here's to making your podcast the envy of everyone else.